Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 26 minutes now to 9 the time. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Tuesday morning. Last week, you obviously saw and heard about the massive Santaco taxi strike in Cape Town. That led to huge violence. Five people were killed. There was a blockade on the N2. Hundreds of thousands of children were unable to get to school. It also led to huge arguments about whether the city of Cape Town was doing the right thing in impounding taxis. One of the key issues that came out of it all was the feeling expressed so often by you that taxi drivers simply do not obey the law and so often use violence and aggression. Some of your calls and your comments have stayed with me. The story about a taxi driver who threatened a man and his pregnant wife, the way taxis drive into oncoming traffic, how they simply refuse to accept that they are ever wrong when they have clearly broken the law. Years ago, government said it would work to formalize the taxi industry. Instead of taxi associations, you would have taxi companies with CEOs. And that would also make it easier to start subsidizing the taxi industry for what I presume would be the first time. Well, all of this is now much more urgent. I think you will agree that something needs to change. Well, first this morning, a call for formalization. Tony Ehrenreich is the regional secretary for Kasatu in the Western Cape. They've said this must happen urgently. Then, will the Taxi Association accept it and on what terms? Theo Malela is the spokesperson for the National Taxi Alliance. Then, does and then will it actually work? Will it change what happens on our roads? Dr. Mateta Mokanyama leads the Transport Systems and Operations Impact Area at the, at the Council for, the, for Science and Industrial Research at the CSIR. And then government, and then the history of the taxi industry, and how big a change would this be? Dr. Siabalela Fabosi has particularly investigated and researched in depth the, hip, the history of the taxi industry. He's currently senior researcher and the UNESCO Oliver Tambo Chair of Human Rights at the University of Fort Hare's Faculty of Law. We start then with Tony Renreich from Kasatu. Tony, good morning. Good morning. After what we saw in Cape Town last week, how important is it, how urgent is it to formalize the taxi industry? Well, the taxi industry is clearly the backbone of working class public transport. And so when it shuts down, people are unable to get to work. It has a huge impact on people's livelihoods. The economy suffers. And then we see the linked uh, violence with elements of the society using that environment to their own uh, nefarious activities. So there's an urgent need to regulate it. We've got to deal with how do we finance it? How do the laws apply to it? How does the tax regime affect it? And how do we ensure that the regulatory environment is complied with? Central to that is also the question of workers' rights and how workers are compensated for the work in the industry and whether that itself doesn't drive the mad rush to make more money. So there's a clear need to relook at the entire industry from those cartels who funded to the concentration in ownership and to the lack of regulations for workers Tony Ehrenreich, are you still with us? I am so sorry. sorry. And there must be a set of rules that guides everybody and that everybody is absolutely clear on so that you don't have rogue associations doing their own thing and you don't have local municipalities doing their own thing, causing mayhem in a key city of the South Africa. Do you believe government, national government now, has been acting too slowly on this? I mean, should this be an urgent priority? We've been talking about it for years. Well, the implications would clearly show that it has a devastating effect on society. And so clearly government must prioritize that and must respond to it urgently. But we're becoming very concerned that the state, not only of the 
uh, commuter transport in rail, for example, and trucks and road-based transport, but as well as the commuter transport and the freight transport is suffering huge underinvestments, huge levels of corruption from senior management and directors. And that all seems to just be an environment that's conducive to the thieves. So we've got to regulate the industry to make sure it functions properly and that the service, the essential service it provides to society is supported by government and regulated in a way that doesn't cause unintended consequences. Or sometimes, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that the only resort the taxi industry would have if there's unfair impounding is to go on strike. So it seems the strike was nearly uh, enticed by the city of Cape Town Mm. to test their policing strategies. But it clearly was dealt with horrendously and we need a better system. Tony Ehrenreich, thank you. The Regional Secretary for Kasatu in the Western Cape. Your mediated conversation around the formalization of the taxi industry continues. Theo Malela is the spokesperson for the National Taxi Alliance. Theo, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, good morning, Stephen, and uh, good morning to your listeners. The, this process and these talks have been underway, I'm afraid to say, for as long as I can remember. What kind of formalization would you accept? Um, basically... We, we we are amiable to anything that would ensure that the taxi industry remains intact and uh, whether we are taken through the corporatization process as in a form of a PTY limited or cooperatives uh, we have been uh, engaged you know even previously by the regime but uh, this seemed not to be um, you know a political will to pursue this aspect even further. Um, Would your leaders not end up having to give up some power? At the moment, um, it seems that the people who run associations, etc., have quite a lot of power. If you were formalized, would you not be more tightly regulated and lose some of that power? I I, I do not think that it is an issue of, uh, you know, clustering onto power. Uh, it, It is... You know, because the industry has been neglected for quite some time, so and that left a void, and that actually has promoted, you know, that kind of an appetite, you know, for almost everyone to want to to take a leadership role in ensuring that uh, things go according to their wishes. And that is uh, not correct. It's supposed to be everyone else's wishes. You know, this has to be an all-inclusive uh, kind of uh, leadership that is needed. Does it require a subsidy to make this work? Would there have to be some sort of a bargain, quid pro quo, with government? That, yes, formalization, but yes, a subsidy would have to come through as well, whether the subsidy maybe comes through in the form of the passenger, the passenger receives the money and not you directly, something like that? I think uh, you, you need to have a basket approach. Uh, all these elements are actually required for the tax industry to be transformed and perhaps professionalized. Um, I, I would want to also single out that uh, you know if you if you if you were to remove cash uh, from uh, the taxi industry, just as an example, that would then bring about uh, the change in the mindset of uh, drivers, and there the, the would not be a need for them to to drive faster and recklessly in order to make uh, extra money. And there wouldn't also be a need for law enforcement uh, authorities to stop these vehicles during peak hours 
and uh, you know causing a lot more congestion as people you know would you know slow down you know this creates a spectator value and this causes the economy also immensely so yeah if you if you were to remove cash then uh, you know things would change and there would be less violence in the tax industry because cash would not be easily available uh, yeah so the, the, this is one of the main uh, aspects that i really strongly believe that if it can be properly uh, managed and taken care of uh, half of our problems would be solved do you believe government isn't going to do it i mean do you believe it doesn't have the political will to do this well um i i have somewhat lost faith in in in, in government uh which is why within the national taxi alliance you know there is just thinking uh doing more research on how best can we you know attend to this in essence we would like to try and self-regulate ourselves you know given that uh, we have been uh, you know thrown under the bus by authorities by doing uh, very little uh, in supporting uh, the taxi industry thank you very much indeed theo malela is the spokesperson for the national taxi alliance 17 minutes now to nine your mediated conversation around the formalization of the taxi industry continues dr mateta mokanyama leads the transport systems and operations impact area at the csir dr mokanyama good morning and thanks for your time uh, good morning, uh, Stephen. When we talk about the formalization of the taxi industry, I worry a little there may be uh, different definitions of that word formalization or different understandings. How should we understand it? Yeah, um, it can be uh, semantics and we can go around in circles, but uh, essentially formalization as originally conceptualized was around making sure that the operators are licensed. Uh, so that was the formal definition that you will operate in, um, um, through an operating license. And being an operator is not a right. You are being permitted by government. Uh, government owns the routes and you are permitted to operate those routes. So formalization was uh, essentially about that. And then there are other things um, on top of that, you know, professionalization, uh, regulation and, and other things but basically for formalization was about being very formal about how you operate so then um that would mean considering that governments and i think it's a i think it's a provincial competence largely mecs do it they manage the routes now so that's already formalization tech yes um it is largely uh, formalized but um the numbers are quite worrying uh, that were produced uh, not so long ago by the department of transport that a said of the vehicles that are being operated operate without operating license not um, because operators don't want to uh, obtain these licenses but the systems that are in government are such are so inefficient uh, that they have huge backlogs uh, so operators typically would then use an application uh, receipt to say, you know, I, 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 I have something to use uh, to show that I am um, um, essentially regular. The idea of removing cash from the taxi industry, um, and I mean, that would probably be quite difficult and probably require the introduction of a sort of ticket. In other words, the passenger would get the ticket and maybe the subsidy would come in there. We'll come to that in a moment. But would removing cash from the industry really make the kind of difference Theo Malela suggests that it would? 
Uh, there, there are two ways actually of looking at it. Uh, certainly, I think the, the, the economics of the of transport are on the kilometer, how much it costs you per kilometer. So the idea is to make sure that the operating costs, the total cost per kilometer, are minimized. Now, if you are competing for the same number of passengers per kilometer, the actual cost of providing that kilometer increases. So there's a fixed number of customers, but you are forever increasing your cost per kilometer. So now making sure that the the cash is taken out uh, is one thing, but I think you you need to make sure that that cash is collected centrally so that it is distributed in a way that minimizes uh, the cost of collecting and also maximizes uh, the revenue. You know, per kilometer. So it's not just a simple case of taking cash out. It's about how the mechanisms of managing cash, but also making sure that you optimize the kilometers being provided by the operators, and which which is actually the function of local government. They're supposed to be optimizing those uh, operations. It seems to me, um, so, so you have some mass transit systems. For example, if you have a, a, a railway line, um, usually managed in some form by government, it is going to make as much money as it can take passengers. The more passengers it takes on certain routes at certain times, the more money it makes. Exactly the same is true for minibus taxis. The difference is that a, ra- that a train can only do one route so many times a day because there's only one railway line and therefore you can't run more trains on it. The difference with taxis is that you can do you know, the same route three times, maybe four times a day. You do four times a day, you make more money, you pay it all back more, you pay back the taxi more quickly. What I'm trying to get to is as long as there is that profit incentive, isn't that going to lead to what we see on the roads? Full stop. I mean, there's no way around that equation that I can see. Yes. Um, government, um, in the form of local government in particular, needs to uh, be doing that, uh, making sure that there are incentives that encourage the provision of quality services. These are some of the promises that were made way back uh, to say that um, we will create an environment uh, where uh, quality will be incentivized. It was um, Western Cape government did that with this blue dot and red dot uh, initiative. It was shown that it is possible to do it. In the city of Johannesburg, uh, the whole uh, rear via implementation uh, was really a way of incentivizing, uh, you know, uh, formalization um, and the creation of this, this entity. So it is possible to do it. And it is a necessary um, condition for you to move forward. And the issue of a subsidy, if government gives the taxi industry a subsidy, maybe through subsidizing the passenger, will that change things? I mean, wouldn't the taxi industry still be making more money the more people it carries, so the more, the, the, the more often it does a route on a particular day and so the faster that taxi will drive? Yeah, it, um, it is not about subsidizing the taxi industry or subsidizing passengers necessarily. It's about implementing a transport plan. So you need to say, this is the plan that we have, this is what you want to achieve with our system, and therefore we will finance it. Part of it, of course, it is to make sure that the the, the cost of using the services is lower, but there are other things that you want to bring into that equation. So it is just about 
subsidizing a taxi, it is not going to be sustainable in the long run. Thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate the time. Dr. Mateta Mokanyama leads the Transport Systems and Operations Impact Area at the CSIR. In a moment, someone who's compiled a history of the taxi industry, Dr. Subalela Fubosi. You with SFM, your mediated conversation on the formalization of the taxi industry will continue. It's 10 minutes to 9. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation around the formalization of the taxi industry after what we saw last week. Dr. Sio Balela Fubosi wrote a history, studied the history of the minibus taxi industry, is now senior researcher at the UNE- and the UNESCO Oliver Tambo Chair of Human Rights at the University of Fort Hayes Faculty of Law. Dr. Fubosi, good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to the listeners. Thank you for having me. So the taxi industry goes all the way back, I suppose, to where? 1968, 1964? We're talking about valiant vans. We're talking about, um, really, I suppose, you know, big cars, which is where this industry began. In all of that time, after everything that's happened now in Cape Town, is there any reason to believe that the taxi industry is going to change fundamentally now? Well, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. So the, the instant states back uh, in the 1930s when there were valiant, valiant brands and they are uh, not not the minibus taxes, but the minibus taxes date back in the 1980s. Um, so there's the, the, the hope only when uh, there's willingness from the industry side and also from the government. So uh, historically, there's been a lack of um, strategic intervention for, on the state side. Uh, because there's not been inter- good intervention to change what is happening. Uh, the government has not been strategic enough to, to change exactly what is happening. And the industry has been saying, look, um, the formalization process seems to be top down. And therefore, we don't want uh, the, the state to take control of the industry. So there seems to be a lack of uh, strategic intervention. So, And what I've said is that there needs to be you know, um, good discussions between the industry and the government to understand exactly how the formalization process will benefit the industry. So, as a, as a way forward, and also uh, the, the talk of the talk about uh, the subsidies can only really happen when there is an accounting system in the industry, when the industry is fully formalized, and then we can talk about the formalization process. So, and that can only happen when the industry is willing to, to take part of, in the process. Um, one of the issues might be whether the industry is united. So already we have the National Taxi Alliance and the South African National Taxi Council. Um, I, there are some suggestions, I don't know if these are true, that even Sintaku and the Western Cape has certain divisions. Do you think the industry might actually battle to be united in its approach to this? Because government obviously will come with one sort of suggestion. Will the taxi industry be able to do that? Or could it be quite difficult? Yes, thanks, thanks Stephen. The, 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 the talk of unity is a good one. The talk about unity is a good one. And you'll remember the division came out very clearly when there was... Uh, the taxi the culture that was organized in 2020. So the taxi culture with which NTA did not participate. Uh, you know, um, so I don't know why uh, the divisions there are. Um, so the divisions in the industry really need to be looked at. Um, so uh, the formalization process cannot really happen. You know, as long as the the, the industry is not united. And, and hence, I, I, I previously talked about 
the possibility of having the NTA and Santaco talking about um, how they can well, they can unite and then when, how they can well, how we can have a singly um, um, united uh, mother body of the of the industry, or maybe it can be some form of cooperatives, you know that actually represent the industry, uh, in which uh, the government can talk to uh, when it wants to support the industry in, in some sort. Um, the the economics of it all really matter. Um, and I wondered how much of a factor the economics of it had been in the recent taxi strike. If you're used to getting a revenue from a car on a daily basis, the moment you lose that revenue for any period of time, you really are going to probably lose the vehicle because it will be repossessed. So if that's a factor in a strike like this, that's also a factor government could almost use against the industry. The fact that it is so, I suppose the phrase would be, tightly financially geared that actually, if it doesn't operate even for two or three days, suddenly things change dramatically. That is quite a big weapon for government to use against the taxi industry. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And remember that uh, the strikes does not only affect the industry, and also affect the economy of the country, um, and also bigly affect the commuters, because it means that the commuters will not be able to get to work that's one thing. And you know that the industry plays a very big role in the economy of the country. And so when such things happen, um, the, the, the economy is badly affected. So I have, I've said over the years that there needs to be a point where um, the industry sits down with government to, 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 to look at the differences they have in order to, to, to understand how exactly um, the industry could be formalized. Because uh, we've been talking about formalization um, since at, at least 1995, um, and nothing has, has been done to date except for, for the TRT, and that is the Taxi Recognition Program. And that itself has not been su- successful as well, because it has had challenges. Hence, uh, there's been a revised Taxi Recognition Program, which also um, does not seem to be successful. Um, so we need a new strategy of, of uh, transforming the overall public transport sector. Um, there's another issue which is coming, Dr. Fabosi, which may seem a bit strange, but a security analyst mentioned it the other day on air, and I think it's important. National government's about to introduce R2, so a driver license demerit system, which basically means that taxi drivers, you know, if it doesn't apply to taxi drivers, it can't apply to anyone. But taxi drivers could be losing their licenses, well, perhaps quite quickly in some cases. Isn't that going to, that argument, isn't that actually going to uh, frame the relationship between government and the taxi industry? That's going to be the next big fight, isn't it? I would imagine, I would imagine, Stephen. Um, But I do think, I do think, if, if that isn't reduced, if that is introduced, I think there needs to be um, discussions, you know, with the with the, with the industry itself, so that it doesn't come uh, it doesn't come as a top-down process. That seems to be uh, saying, you like, look, take this or 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 or, or, or see what you can do. Uh, so there needs to be um, some sort of a discussion with the industry, so that the industry understands that um, the state is not here to to control them per se so that uh, they, 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 they lose their business. So, yeah, I think, I think that, that can only be done with the discussion with the industry.
Dr. Sir Balela Fabosi, thank you. Uh, done a research and history, a re- created a history of the taxi industry and senior researcher at the UNESCO, Oliver Tumbo, Chair of Human Rights at the University of Fort Ayres, Faculty of Law. My thanks also today in your mediated conversation to Dr. Mateta Mokanyama, the CSIR Manager for Transport Systems. Uh, to, uh, Theo Malela is the spokesperson for the National Taxi Alliance and Tony Ehrenreich is the Regional Secretary for Kasatu in the Western Cape. We will see you uh, tomorrow. Thanks for being with us this morning. Look after yourself from Zilma, from Stanza, from Mdu, myself. It's just gone nine o'clock.